sounds weird. We do a rotation where we do experience one year and a party the another Love year, it. right? I stole this from my sister. And then it's like everybody gets a birthday party or everyone gets an experience. So this year is a party year. And because he's four, turning four, we're going to do it at Chuck E. Cheese. Mm-hmm. Where a kid can be a kid. Where a kid can be a kid. For seven hundred dollars. Oh my god! Oh my. For rat pizza. <laughs> Welcome to Pushing Past Polite, where we talk about what matters and make the world more just. I'm Corey. I'm Laura. And I'm Keith. In the house. <laughs> <laughs> We're so glad you're here. <laughs> So today I have a question for all of you. Um, I've been reflecting on this a lot, just in thinking about, um, gosh, a lot of what makes humans make decisions and how oftentimes it's not always based in logic, right? It's based in feelings and things that have heavy emotional connections. And so the question I wanted to pose was, what's something that you used to believe? Like you really used to, it used to be like a foundational thing that has since shaken loose, either because of life experience or meeting someone who made you think differently. Um, like what's something you used to believe? I can give you like a list of like four or five things, but go roll, start rolling. Okay. Now I feel like I need to have it handy. <laughs> I'm going to freeze up after the first one. Um, should I used to believe for surezies, <laughs> like being very afraid of what comes after life, right? Like, so the idea of hell and eternal torment and the, Im- the imperative of mm. having a faith system to tell me what would be next. That was mm-hmm. highly important. I very much believed in hell. I found that very motivating. I don't know that I do anymore. That's something I've changed. Mm. That's one. Um, Wait, can we just talk about that for a second? I find that this that whole concept of not going to hell as the... Motivator? Motivator to be just so fucking backwards, right? It's like... Shouldn't the motivator be heaven mm. if if we're going to be believing in these two things, mm-hmm. right? It's like, shouldn't our motivation to be the kind of people that we should be, shouldn't our motivation be it will allow us to continue walking in a place of abundance, of joy, of eternal love, of eternal healing health, right? Like, the the garden of plenty like shouldn't that be our motivator why is the negative the The sphere is very powerful and that is my problem with the church organized religion there you go put that on the list that's kind of where i am as well like that's it yeah the organized religion that's definitely on my list for sure Mm -hmm. not religion not religion organized religion you can believe whatever you want if it makes you a better person exactly if if you think that you're going to get some magical reward after you die, and that makes you go be better to other people. I don't care. Do whatever you be want. Better, Believe right? whatever yeah, you be want. Be nice. But be better. Be nice. But what I, 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 I've never understood is why all of these organized religions focus so much on recruiting people and getting them to, like, repent and change your ways. Because it's a business. Huge part of my life, you guys. Huge. Like, come on. Both, Such a business. Yeah, both in my in terms of like uh, as a child, what I was exposed to, and then even like later, like being involved in organizations that were all about that being the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one. And mm-hmm. I don't see these things, you know, again, there's to your point, there's lots redeeming. There are good things about 
faith systems that are worth it, right? But but organized religion has been like that for a really long time. Like you think about people paying for penance and you think about like people like being able in the what 17th century, 16th century, being able to like buy their way yeah. into heaven essentially, right? Fear, like, control, gatekeeping, all of that. Yeah. Policing yeah, people. Yeah. And, and, and privileging certain things over other things and using the church to be a catalyst for those different levels of access to humanity and all the things that we need, right? It's like when the king and and the head of the church are the same person, we know that we have a problem. Mm. <laughs> or we yeah, I would agree. I, I think, you know, Christian nationalism here is uh, would certainly at this moment agree differently. Okay, so we can take a deep dive on this if you want. That's just the first thing on my list. I mean, come on, let's Second keep it thing, going. I still haven't found my list, by the way. But um, second thing on my list that I am not proud of, but I offer this by way of saying that I believe that by changing your mind, changing your mind is a natural part of being human, that it should be, that like it's not, I'm not, I'm not, I am ashamed, I'm, while I may be ashamed of some of the things I used to think, I am not ashamed to say that I've flip-flopped or changed my mind. Like I actually see yeah, that as a good You've thing. evolved. That's right. Totally. Um, and I think that's a healthy and normal thing. So I used to not understand the um, the argument for gay marriage. Homosexuality was something that was kind of like a, okay, you do you, I suppose. Like, that's fine. But my thought was, why marriage? Why can't it just be, just call it something else. If that upsets everybody, just do something different. Do the civil unions. Do the domestic and My whole thing was like, you know what? Be miserable with the other with everybody else. It's like... 50% of marriages in a divorce, you guys you just this? join that fucking you club. You want on this? It's not like something that's sacred here. Like, why are we so mad? I know. So I used to be kind of weird about that. And mm -hmm. um, my husband, when we were dating, I remember talking about this, and he was a lot further along than I was in this thinking, a lot more evolved. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm thankful he didn't judge me for it. Now, if I were to date somebody that didn't think that thought that, now again, it's 20 years later, right? Um, and the yeah. conversations evolved in, in society. But in terms of the, the openness of the conversation. Yes. Right. So that's something else that, again, I've come a long way on. And I'm very sorry for any hurt that I perpetrated when I was of that mind. Um, and then the other thing is the issue of abortion. Like I, again, growing up in, as an, in an evangelical Christian setting, I put Christian in quotes, this idea of like the, the baby. But what about the baby? But what about the baby? But what about the baby? Right. I remember doing like mm -hmm. reports in school on both sides of this, both sides of this issue and being like, and therefore I have arrived at the conclusion abortion is wrong. And it's like, what? Again, nobody wants it. It's not something that is like celebrated and anybody's excited to get. It's because of pretty dire circumstances. A hundred reasons. It's like, and my question for my thought is always like, why do you care? That's just like my, the question that I ask. I had this conversation with somebody recently and I was like, why do you care what I do with my body, first of all? And my second question is, and then why should it be legislated? Mm -hmm. Like, why should your opinion be the thing that gets legislated? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, why, but why do you care? Why, if, if I am going through something, you're not there when I'm having sex with my husband and creating the child that then could kill me because it's in my fallopian tube and you're not there when I'm in agonizing pain and bleeding. You're not there for any of this. So why do you care if I make a medical decision that is what's best for me and my family? And why do you think 
that your moral compass is more attuned. And I'm not talking to you. I'm just talking in general. Like, is more attuned to what's right for my body and my situation that you know nothing about to the point that it should be legislated. You are right to center the woman in this conversation. In the way I was trained, it was about centering the baby. The innocent. No, the, I, I hear so, you. Like I, but see, like now, and not even just because I am a woman, I have had children. Like, yes, but it, more of I now see how the inconsistencies and the idea of like, oh, well, the medical exceptions that are just a joke because women are dying and need to be septic first before they can get interventions. And even then, it's so clear to me that it's about control of women's bodies now in ways that I never understood before. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's rallying votes, too. Don't forget that a lot of this is self-interest. This is abortion does not affect nearly as many people in this country as, say, like, road repairs or or bridge or safety gun violence or gu- of course gun violence but for some reason it's been part of the national conversation in every election for longer than i've been alive and that's because you can harness people's emotions and use it instead of voting for me vote against that guy mm-hmm. because that guy right. is killing babies really they're all the same yeah mm-hmm. it's just at Truth the end of the day is. it's really just it's self-interest they're they yeah. are hurting women in in very serious ways and putting their lives at risk so they can get elected. Unnecessarily. Just so they can get some votes. That's exactly it's right. Disgusting. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. So I'll mm-hmm. offer those as like, again, I'm happy to talk about any of that in more detail if we want to. But I'm curious, like, is is are there other topics? Like, what are things that you used to think when you were young that now I... you don't think anymore? Well, we talk about this uh, on here. We've talked about this before about like bodies. Right. And. I used to believe that if you were overweight or had a bigger body, that you were not necessarily healthy. And like many of our conversations have been, have we've talked about different versions of this, right? Um, But I was acculturated in a family that like people were pinching you and were, would, were saying like my 90 years, but grandmother now to this day is like, I will not be fat. Like, now and she's like that big I snap my fingers um you know and so like that mindset around body type body Mm -hmm. image body shape I was always like my there was a song in the 90s this I don't know if you are familiar with this if it's a 90s song please cue it up please let us um I like big butts and you cannot lie I cannot lie feels right and so and then there's another song called Doing the Butt. I don't know if you yes. guys are familiar with that oh, yeah. one. Okay. And so, like, at the end of Doing the Butt, there is always this list of the names. Song, the song. Please clarify. The song, right? At the end, toward the end of the song, there's, like, this list. So-and-so got a big old butt. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yep. Like, right? So, like, my family members would sing that about me oh. all the time. And so I was very, like... Self-conscious. And I still, ha- I still have some of that that I've been working through, but like very self-conscious about my body. And I kind of projected my own discomfort in my body toward people in bigger bodies. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because like I had the bigger body in my space. And so like that feeling of like hurt and shame or whatever, I was like projecting that out. And you so know what else to do with now, it now. I know it's a lot to hold, but I, 
I know that I cause harm in doing that. And so that, that is something that I have definitely evolved well past in not only being more comfortable and confident in my own body, but like recognizing that bodies come in all shapes and sizes. That is not an indication of healthiness. That's not an indication of anything except for like the body you were born into. Yeah. So yeah, that's something that definitely has evolved and changed for me over time. Yeah. I was surprised to find out that like body mass index is basically made up junk science. Yeah. It's like junk science and based on males, right? But it's still used in the medical profession. It gets printed on on every single one of my well visits on my summaries. And it's also based on the old body types of non-people of color to non-indigenous, non-black, mm -hmm. non-brown, right? So like it's a Euro Eurocentric body type standard that drives the BMI that, as well. That doesn't even account for muscle, right? That's exactly <laughs> like, right. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Just division equation where it's like, this height is how heavy you are. divided by weight. Tall you are. <laughs> and like, you could be in the greatest shape of your life, just like 1% body fat, and you could get a BMI that's like, oh, you're, you're not in the healthy it's range dangerous. anymore. Careful. When I look at pictures of myself in high school and how relatively, like, I looked great. God, I looked great. I didn't think so at the time because, uh, you know, again, that compare that sense of comparison and throwing shame. Mm -hmm. You know, what do I do with this and what I feel and what society's telling me? Okay, I'll project it elsewhere. And, um, yeah, I mean, my BMI back then was out of whack because it makes no sense, right? Um, so, yeah, totally. Yeah. And I've always been like an athlete. You know what I mean? I like ran track, played basketball. There's Did, nothing like, to I've pinch, Corey. Doing all the things. Well, they'd find it. <laughs> well, Granny better. <laughs> Granny's got to get herself a handful if she finds me. Right. She's she's so funny. But yeah, that was one for sure that I've evolved. I've evolved on big time. And you heard forty years of messaging around. Don't do this. Don't anything but fat. Anything but that. Right. I mean, that's mm -hmm, basically what you heard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like. <laughs> My sister was pregnant. She was like, hey, fat so <gasps> just like <laughs> I would cry right there. Yeah. No. She I mean, we talked to her about it. But you know, that that is but that was messaging she was getting. Absolutely. And I there's a whole different set of stories around that. But like her mother was a bigger woman and was a little gluttonous. And so, like, she was just like, I don't ever want to be like that. Mm -hmm. And so she, she's not creating people who are going to be like that, right? Like, her construct came from somewhere. Uh, but we just have to break it, right? Just have to move it to the side. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also, I would say therapy. Therapy being something that is not inaccessible, but, like, something that only people who have mental challenge, like, mental illness engage in right like that used to you, be your frame and now you don't believe that anymore is that what you mean yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yes that's what i mean it's like that that only people who had like severe sort of like mental health challenges a had access to and uh should engage with having some sort of therapy counseling a psychologist or you had to have some sort of major trauma to need to go to therapy mm-hmm Right. But not it being as part of not therapy being used as like wellness maintenance. Mm. Yeah. Self-improvement at any stage. Right. In any stage, like just like you go to the doctor to and you get blood work and you do this, like you go to the therapist to just like cr help to create space in your brain and your body and your energy. Right. To 
problem solve and work through things and understand triggers and all kinds of stuff, right? Like it's part of your overall wellness as opposed to it's only a tool for people who are in crisis of some sort. I think that's right. I think that's where the culture has moved to. I remember using like kind of as like a diss to someone like you need help, like you need professional help. Uh, right. Uh, like, do you remember hearing that? Yeah. Um, and I, that's not the case. Yeah, anymore. You need to go see a shrink or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Keith, what about you? What comes to mind on this list? Um, okay. It's off the top of my head. It might sound, it's not nearly as important as the other things we've been talking about, but my big old butt, that was important. Well, yeah. Gorgeous. Big old butt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Granny better not touch me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's how Are we bring in listeners. Me? That is important. That's that's what our audience is coming here for. Um, yeah. So, like, friendships, I think, my, my thinking has evolved. Guys in particular seem to, like, value having long-term friendships, people you were friends with when you were young, mm. and trying to keep those people in your life. And I was one of them. I had friends who I literally met in kindergarten um, and maintained friendships like throughout college and then into adulthood. And I, you know, I, I, I thought that like loyalty was important. You want to try and keep these relationships alive and keep these people in your life. And that's like the core. And then you meet other people around it. And it took a long time of me like going through difficulties, having like struggles in my life and realizing that whenever things were going really well, I'd have a lot of people around who were Mm -hmm. there to like share in it. But whenever I was struggling or needed somebody, everybody was gone. They, They weren't available, this group of friends. And it took years and years of me just excusing it and like Mm -hmm. thinking like, it's me, like, I'm obviously the weird one. I don't fit in that kind of thing. And it, it, Finally, like just in the last couple of years, I realized that this isn't healthy for me at all. These aren't your people. They make me feel like worse about myself. They really do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, I was just very frank about how I felt and sort of cut them out. And since then, I've created space in my life to develop new friendships. And I'm realizing now at my late age in life that like, wait, no, there are people out there who can be much better friends, who are those things that you're looking for and that you've wanted in your life that you've excused for these people that have just been there forever, yeah. um, sort of out of circumstance or or just randomness that, that you ended up having a, a kindergarten class with somebody that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be- You have to be friends for the rest of your life. Damn yeah. it, you got stuck. You got a rough class and you stuck. This is yeah. your matriculation you group and you are, your cohort is set. Right. You got signed assigned to Miss Smith's class, and now all of a sudden you're Smithies. <laughs> Forever. Yeah. Forever. <laughs> yeah, you know, when you're grown, you share a lot of things, especially during, like, your teens and 20s. Mm-hmm. Like, and you think that sh- that that means something, that loyalty mm-hmm. is important for, for relationships like that. Yeah, I learned early. Nope. I can see that, how history and proximity you know, is what starts the friend, like, you know, whoever you're with, the proximity is part of it. Mm-hmm. But that sense of, especially, I can see that with guys too, because it may be di- more difficult to make friends across the lifespan because that's, mm-hmm. you know, seen as being emotionally vulnerable and heaven forbid, right? So you kind of feel locked into the people who are your boys. Who know you. Yeah, quote unquote, who exactly. have some shared history, but history is not the same as connection, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I've just really, I've learned how important people in your life can be 
I think when I was valuing oh. the close group of friends for so long that I, um, I, every other potential friendship that I could have had, I dismissed it as like tangential. Like, oh, I got my core group. Mm. Like, it was nice meeting you. See you later. And I'm realizing and now you were that settling. There was, a, I had a lot of opportunities to meet new people and maybe develop a group of, of colleagues and friends who share the things that I care about, who, if I talk yeah. about, like, I want to write a book, they don't roll their eyes and go, okay, did you see the new South Park kind of thing? Um, <laughs> there are people who are like, cool, what's the book about? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I've realized how much of a difference the, the people in your life And who want to know you now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, know you, this you, not just, like, have the flashback, reminiscent you. version of you. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like that's something that that gets tricky in adulthood in general, yes. right? Like, you know, I was thinking about how even some of your family members don't really know you as an adult. You mm -hmm. know, you have all these people who have been embedded, you know, in your life and these like participating in life events, graduations, birthdays and growing up. But then they struggle to accept the current you, the current version of you you know, Corey 40.0, 41.2 or whatever I am, um, that version. And and they're like locked into the thing that brings them nostalgia and joy and not focused on the parts of you that bring you joy and happiness now, today. Mm -hmm. I yeah. can see that I was too. talking to Daniel about that. Mm -hmm. I think oftentimes the point, it, unless your friendships are evolving, right? Unless you have someone who is growing and changing with you, oftentimes your friendships are situated in the when, right? Like you're growing up friends and those formative years or your college buddies, you know, you're reliving those days, that nostalgia piece, your mom and dad, whatever it is, it's, it's that time. Even people who meet like our high school sweethearts, like that their relationship, unless they grow and evolve, is kind of sometimes can be stuck in teenage version of love, right? And maybe not growing and evolving together. So, and and sometimes friendships and relationships for that matter too are seasonal and that's okay, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was good for this time and we've, we're in different spaces and, you know, the, the friendship hasn't evolved for one reason or another and that's okay too. That's like something I learned. People come into your life for a reason and a season. Mm. And sometimes the season is really, really long, right? Like I have some friends that I've known for 30 plus years and we talk regularly. We are involved in each other's lives. Um, and then I have some friends who I've known for three years and we talk regularly and we're very involved in each other's lives. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's, you know friendships and and relationships outside of romantic relationships are they get more difficult the older you get right and i think the tendency among some people is sort of to be like well you know i have my spouse i have my kids and that's enough and you don't value it and i guess that's what i'm coming to is that i've had a bunch of relationships i'm not married but like i don't know i my life seems to be defined by the people i have in it at the time um and I've sort of made this transition to tr be more intentional about having more positive people in my orbit. Um, and it's made a big difference. Mm. I, I, mm -hmm. I think I had dismissed that for a while. I'm 40. I don't need friends kind of thing. But um, right. like, yeah. Do you it, do. Like, yeah. I started like doing trivia, you know, <laughs> I have like yeah. a, a trivia team now. And a it's crew. like a trivia group. Whoa, What's I your mean, team but, name? Yeah, What's but, your team name? 
What is it? Oh, what is the name? It, it already existed. It's not my my team name. They named it Buddy Holly. I don't know why, but <laughs> anyway. Okay. Well, as somebody who yeah. is married and does have kids, I still need my friends. Um, you yeah. know, I, as a matter of fact, Michelle Obama, I read over winter break, actually when I was on my way to come see you, Corey, and you too, Keith, I read, um, I listened to the audiobook, The Late... That sounds dangerous. Dr- I, I know. Say, that I sounds real dangerous. I promise it was an audiobook. <laughs> I'm really good at multitasking. I don't have a Tesla with auto drive. Um, but right. I listened to the audio book. Like, you have the book propped up in the steering wheel? Yeah, right above it. <laughs> just like this. Um, but uh, she talked about how, you know, her relationship with Barack is something that so many people put on a pedestal and talk about how incredible. And, you know, in a lot of ways it is. And it is wonderful. But she talks about, like, her kitchen table, her people who will sit around the kitchen table with her and be there for her when she needs them, that kind of thing. And how she is always looking to pull up a chair at that table. For new people, when when situations present and you find some connection, to never be afraid to expand mm-hmm. that because it can be a rotating, it can be rotating seating depending on the season of your life. Um, so I know I am very, I'm very good friends with my husband, for which I am very grateful. But he isn't, I can't come to him with all the things. And he shouldn't be. No. It's like you, you shouldn't, like your spouse, this is just my opinion, but it's like your spouse should not be your everything. It's right? a very risky because thing to do in my It's take. a very risky thing to do. And, but it's also, it stunts your growth, both of your growth, right? It's like if you are each other's everything only, then how are you getting fed in other ways, right? Because there's only so much that that one person can pour into you because they don't have all the tools. And so how are you getting fed in other ways, how are you getting the kind of nourishment and support and encouragement or replenishment or solitude or good advice or whatever if you are only in a relationship with that one person? You need to have a broader pool of intimate connection. And when I say intimate connection, I don't mean anything sexual. I mean like where you can be yourself, where you can be vulnerable, where you can show up. And if you need to just like sit there and cry for a few minutes, like you can do that and vent and have somebody who is like, what you're feeling is totally valid. And what he said was fucked up. And I'm glad that you came here instead of just spewing out the rage that it triggered in you mm-hmm. right like you need to have those people in those spaces mm-hmm. well and you value in the same way that any kind of team in a professional workplace is is richer and better with diversity of opinions and diversity of lived experiences the same is true in your friendships right like yeah my husband is totally. amazing but he comes with his biases stuff. and ilks and, and stuff right. right and so do you i know? so do he's you super risk averse right. when i talk about wanting to like try something really new in my life I definitely want his take, but I don't go to him for inspiration on taking a leap. He's not the guy. Yeah, same. You know? But but isn't that but isn't that part of why we married them? And there's I would yes. Right. Yes. It's like that's and so that's what but that's why you need a bigger pool. I do. I need you for you know, thank you for being my rock and being stable. I yes, want Corey exactly. to encourage me to jump. I need this one to help me think of the it is, it is, and it's it is. And I know that it's the same in return that I can serve in different roles for for different friends for what they need in different mm-hmm. seasons too. Mm-hmm. And it it depletes your cup and fills your cup in different ways, right? It's like what Laura needs 
from Corey and what Keith needs from Corey and what Daniel needs from Corey are all different things. It's like I'm tapping into different parts of my being to give that support and that energy. And what I get from Laura and what I get from Keith and what I get from Daniel and what I get from my kids, it's all different stuff. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like a whole person and not just a sliver or a slice of a person. I was a human before I was his wife. And I needed people in my life before I was this person's wife. Yeah. And to your point, too, Keith, like, yeah, I don't think of myself as a married person as like, you know, the better half or the part of the whole. Like, no, we're our own whole people. Right. So mm -hmm. there's nothing missing from anyone from. Yeah, we just created something new. That's right. Yeah. That's the whole thing. We create a whole new thing. But we already were from, our own thing. But from our wholeness, we were already our own thing. But we just came together to create something new. Yeah, that's a great reminder yeah. to not be stuck. That's in, a great in that current, it, whatever the current friendship landscape looks like, that it can change or that you're beholden to someone because you have history. Yeah. And I'm happy for you that you had that evolution. No, thank you. Anything else that would fit under this category or does this feel good? I mean, I would say that I was talking to somebody just the other day about clothes. Hmm. And that I have always viewed myself as like, I am very safe with my clothes, right? Like I literally have just gotten rid of things that I've had since I was like, I don't want to say college, but. Well, I think that's probably true. Or maybe even in the high school years or no college. Yeah. I mean, I would say definitely college. Some of the high school stuff is my mom still has, but um. So I have been like one of the things I, I've I've had to kind of I've started to shift around is just like the expectation of what 40 is supposed to be and like how we're supposed to dress and what we're what we're supposed to look like. When I was an age that wasn't this age, I had a lot of perspectives and we started our whole podcast about this. Right. The Golden yes. Girls and murder, and she, what, wrote and... murder mm -hmm. she wrote and the age of these people and what they were doing and what their lives looked like at a particular point. And I've had to, like, do a lot of undoing of that mindset being a being 41, right? Like uh, evolving my understanding of what old is, which is something that, you know, just shifts as you get older. That thing kind of shifts or it has for me Absolutely. just keeps shifting up. Yep. Right. But also just like what's appropriate dress for somebody who is a mom of two kids like there was a. You, do you guys know who Kiki Palmer is? Yes. Okay. So there was like this whole thing that like she went to Usher's show. I remember this. And she looked very, uh, she looked hot. She looked, she looked gorgeous. Yeah. She looked amazing. And she is what, like 28 or something, but she had recently given birth and her baby daddy wrote some comment on a to Twitter like, why you got to have on buh, 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 buh. you're a mother now. Mm. And it was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Ugh. Right? Like, she's still a whole woman, a whole person. But even in like that, it was a part of me was like, I, I have lived in that space where he's mm -hmm. at. But there's also this like control component for him, right? Which is, yeah, yuck. right. It's like, what? And like gross. And even like, why would you say that out loud in Not public? Not to mention like, in print. My God. Say, in print, like say that in private when she comes home, if you have to say it at all. Yeah. But, but at the same time, I'm saying all that to say that it reminded me of my own evolution and perspective around 
how mothers should be dressing and what 40-year-old people should be wearing and acting like and looking like. There is no standard. Mm -hmm. You do you. Yep. And whatever feels right for you is what you should be rocking. And that there shouldn't be that, it's that, that expectation that because she's a mother now or that I'm a mother or that I'm 40 or whatever, it's like I can't wear a see-through top or a crop top or I shouldn't be wearing three-inch heels or whatever the thing is. That's something that I think I've definitely kind of evolved and grown around. And allowing other people to have shifts in opinions too. Not holding on so tightly to what somebody said so long ago that that makes them who they are today. I can see a lot of that influence of like dressing modestly and, or a lot of the, the influence of, again, like the religious upbringing and also this idea of like purity culture around what a woman should be and how to dress. I look at even like, you know, dress codes for school. I used to just, okay, well, I get it because you don't want to distract a boy. Well, now it's like, well, a boy is responsible for himself. I'm responsible for myself. What are you talking about? But what about in, in settings that were all girls? I went to an all girls oh, wow. school and there were still, there were still limitations. Like your skirt can't be this no short. Tops, you can't no wear it. Yeah. Like, so what's the logic there? Yeah. 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 Right. We're just distracting each other. <laughs> Probably. Oh my gosh, I love your top. Maybe. I love your top. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but no, that's another place like in terms of, yeah, a woman being her own person and sex being for pleasure and not just about procreation in the context of marriage, like all these things that I've just had to unpack and unlearn. And I continue to um, in ways that I still see hangups of it and have to remind myself like, hey, careful. Think, you know, as you're advising your child now on what to wear, don't get caught in your own traps from what you were taught. You need to do better, mama. That part. That's an important note. Mm-hmm. It's like, first of all, it doesn't happen overnight. Second of all, it's like an ongoing fluid thing, right? I'm sure that Keith is still giving himself pep talks to get out of the house, to go be social with people, right? Even though he's he knows it's something he needs to do, he wants to have that engagement, it's still something that takes effort, right? Like there is uh, having a community and creating friends takes work. So like I've been trying to connect with one of my friends who I've known for a really long time, but he's just super crazy busy. And so I was like, hey, we should just grab a coffee one day. And he's like, yes, coffee would be great. Fast forward, now we're going to have dinner uh, in like a month. <laughs> because that's the only opening. It's like, I have to wait three months if I just want coffee, right? So if I want to see this person at all, it's like it has to happen. This kind of planning and effort, which means I already know, because I don't like to leave the house. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I really I've don't learned like to leave the house. this. Uh -huh. And so I already am like giving my starting my pep talk for myself to, to not cancel on this thing <laughs> that's going to be happening in a month. Well, it's like the get whenever somebody says, hey, can we reschedule? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Always reschedule. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. But I try to go out. Like, I try to get out. I try to go. Like, even the birthday party. I was like, you know, Jay had a fever, kind of, sort of. If he still has a fever, you oh. guys go. We'll be at home. It'll be fine. Pro tip. You can always. That's another advantage. There you go. Put that in the win column for children. There's always a reason to cancel. You know, they're a little moody. They need me. Yeah. Somebody didn't tell them. I just heard a cough. I got to stay. I just heard a cough. I got to stay. Bummer. You can train Woodstock. Oh, 
That's messed up. I wouldn't do that for Woodstock. I'd feel terrible. No. I wouldn't what? want to invent some fake illness for my dog. No, but this, this wasn't isn't fake. They're just sick that often. Fake. It's just it's just They're that regular. Sick. Reading the, it's just reading that the cards. Be like, what's coming here? That cough just, uh, that was a second <laughs> time. Unprompted, uh -huh. it's coming. And now his left nostril is running a little different. Mm -hmm. So It's not yeah. clear either. Mm -hmm. You can tell. Between the cough and the runny nose, I don't the know if I want to take spiraling. that anywhere. Yeah. Right. I don't know if I want to take that anywhere. No, that 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 must be nice. Honestly, it's it's a lot harder for me to postpone things or cancel. No, it's true. Altogether. It's true. You've got nobody to... believes me. I get that. Nobody believes me. Sure, man. Sure, My man. emotional support friends say that their kids have a runny nose. I can't come. <laughs> I can't. Right. <laughs> You can borrow any one of my kids' excuses if you my want. My emotional support kit friends. My podcast friends say that they <laughs> so can't, can't make it. Come. So <laughs> I'm reading the tea leaves. This is not in the cards for me either. Well, haven't you seen that meme? It's like, you know, getting together over 35 or whatever. It's like, yeah, we should catch up. We should catch up six months later. We plan to catch up and then someone cancels and they postpone and this is how it goes. It is. It's challenging. Yeah. It does, yeah. to your point, it does take effort. Yeah. I'm going to play volleyball. I got a volleyball. So. Did you wait? Did you that just start? Fun. No, uh, I played volleyball when I was younger. I was really good at it. I liked it. I believe they that have, they have like beach volleyball leagues down here with like teams. I'm and picturing such, so. Top Gun with the aviators and talk yes. to me goose and psh. yes, less attractive for sure. Um, stop, stop. Not, but not you. Maybe the other people playing. No. You'll be, you'll be in the Top Gun situation, no, Keith. Not at all, uh, ladies. Mm -hmm. This is a very handsome Tell gentleman. Us what intersection oh in St. Petersburg. We should meet you. <laughs> what net? Where, where should they come and watch you? Like, do you the remember? Diet Coke commercials. Do you guys ever see bad, like bad Santa. We are going in very different directions. Tell me about Bad Santa. <laughs> I'm like Diet Coke commercial. Bad Santa. What is this? So, uh, have you seen Bad Santa, Keith? No. Okay, so it's um, it's uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Ugh, he's is, a weirdo. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's perfect. He's like perfect to be this like horrible Santa guy, right? So Bad Santa is basically he and one of his partners they uh, dress up as Santa and a elf, and the his his buddy is an is a little person. And so, but what they do is they travel around the country and then they like rob malls right because they but they pose as these santas anyway uh, connect did, to volleyball okay. quickly connect to volleyball i'm i'm getting there i'm getting there i'm getting there so it's like they're only they're only working no listen they're only working during the winter months and so during the summer he's always in florida and so there's this scene in bad santa where he goes and he's pours a drink and he gets a hot dog or something and he goes and sits at the park in Florida and is watching this beach volleyball game go on, except it is, he's Sad. a bad Santa. So I got you now. Cause he's like a, he's like a creeper dude. And what I'm saying is that you're going to have the creeper ladies who are going to be oh. there with their snick snacks while you are out there diving in the sand and jumping. You, you, it will be bad Mrs. Santa there you well, out there. I don't know. It's watching like a... you with your snick snack. I took at least five <laughs> seconds trying to unpack what Podnut was. You were talking about part like a partner? When you oh, talk about like Bad Santa? Partner. It yeah, took yeah, Podna. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. in my brain I was like, Oh yeah. Hot, like we like I just <laughs> like a buddy. I had to like friend. fast forward to catch the story and oh my gosh. I'm I was sorry. going that I'm all sorry, the ladies yeah. are gonna be watching from the skyscraper when the Diet Coke delivery guy comes. You know those commercials? 
Oh, yeah, when they're, like, up against the window. Yes, yes, and yes. Like, and he's, oh. like, popping the top and drinking yeah. the can, that kind of thing. Yeah, right. And he has, like, the arms out. All this to say, sun's out, mine, guns out. Mine at least had a reference for the for beach volleyball. Mine Yours didn't even have a beach volleyball reference. Person. Yours was getting weird with Billy Bob Thornton. We're stealing presents from children. I was basically thinking about, like, the, you know, all of the people who watch. I know. Right? Like, that there's, like... Do you see the commonality is... in our stories, then? Can we... The women yeah, who watch? I do. Okay. I do. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. You're both wrong, because <laughs> <laughs> you can... <laughs> you can look good at 440, but you're still going to be out there with a bunch of, like, mid-20-somethings who just look good, period. Yeah, but they're not... The but the f- other people who are in their thirties and forties aren't looking at them because they're children. That's right. <laughs> I could be your mom or your teacher. It's that's the, do you this know is what I'm saying? It's I like guess. that's all I'm saying. So it's like you do look good for forty to another forty year old, another thirty five, <laughs> a thirty five year old. Yes. All right. We'll see. If I if I get like my own little, you know. Middle-aged groupies out there, I will be sure to, to take some photos. Bump set kill. Okay, some, please. And we can... Posters. I love it. Oh, we could do a whole calendar. Oh, all the... Bump set kill. And the, and the, the little the, zinc the under setting, the eyes. bumping, spiking. Yeah, mm-hmm. like all the... We'll get the dive. An action for... shot with the sand. Exactly. Merch. Like a whole no. photo Merch. shoot. And then my recovery from when I tear all the, le- the muscles. Sponsored by Ben Gay. <laughs> Oh, a before and after. God, that's but funny. Sponsored by Big Gay, oh. a leave, yes. and an ice bath. Yes. And your local chiropractor <laughs> in St. Petersburg. And your local chiropractor, I love acupuncturist. It. I love it so much. Oh, y'all, this has been fun. Thanks for hanging with us. Thanks for interrogating past beliefs. And thanks for being the kind of friends that grow and push me to grow, too. I appreciate it. Love y'all. Love you. Love you. Are we ending? Is that what you're I mean, saying? I'm trying to come up with a natural Laura, rap. Laura was like, you know what? I'm tired of talking to you all. So this podcast is over. No, it's, you know. Thanks for making me better. Bye. I got what I needed. Don't know if you need anything, but I'll catch you on the flip side. Bye. Nobody needs friends like that. Just kick Laura off your table. Um, thanks for everything. Yeah, and just we are I'm glad that we can keep growing, right? And we now that we know these areas for each other, we can eat, encourage each other mm-hmm. around them, mm-hmm. right? And I can we can ask Keith about trivia. I didn't even know until I today. I didn't know that either. Or volleyball. Yeah. Or volleyball. Yeah. Like now we that's just something else that we can check in on each other about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I think that the the moral of today's episode is um embrace the fact that we're not static and that we change. Yeah. That is healthy and normal and human. Absolutely. I think Ralph yeah. Waldo Emerson said, you know, so I contradict myself, so what? It's a really good story called Self-Reliance. Go read it. Um, yes. Ooh, that's going in the resources section. Mm-hmm. You embrace the fact that you contradict yourself. I don't care. So what? That means I'm human. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, mm-hmm. speaking of this, we have news, sort of. Uh, the announcement, like this is officially, this week was our birthday week of like a full year of podcasting. And we gave ourselves a present and we put together a website. So on that website, I will post a link somehow to that amazing classic literature piece that you just cited out of off the top of your damn head, you genius. <laughs> um, and people can find it there. So if you have an extra minute and would like to check it out, it's pushingpastpolitepodcast.com. 
dot com dot com yep pushed we sprang for the dot com yeah we did yeah, yeah. felt like it was a 40 year old thing to do we're not in the right. dot net or the dot media phase we can, we can comment we can comment yep we got it we got it all right everybody stay tuned thanks for joining Sounds us great yep i can't end this apparently go ahead you end it <laughs> No, you're like, stay tuned. No, it's over. Take a break. You've got two weeks back in your life. Right. Thank you for listening to Pushing Past Polite. We love you all. Check out our website and we'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to Pushing Past Polite. We encourage you to go deeper in your trusted spaces or find new space for good conversation. You'll find content to help you get started on our social media channels. We're at Pushing Past Polite on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Pushing Past Polite is an independent podcast with Corey and Laura from Just Educators. Our cover art was designed by Rachel Welsh de Iga of De Inga Designs, and our audio is produced by Keith at Headset Media. Until next time. Don't get stuck talking about the weather. Push past polite. See you next time. Mm-hmm.